0: Is your Jeep getting harder to shift in and out of gear? We have the diagnosis and the solution to this all-too-common Jeep problem. And what have you done to increase your Jeep build fund? We've got stories from both the hosts and some listeners that you will not believe. Don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to JeepTalkShow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 4x4 Radio Network Podcast.
1: Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama.
2: Are you sure?
3: Josh. Yeah, I don't think so.
4: And Tony. I think that's a huge
5: deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourselves.
4: The GTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show's for you. Find out more information about the show at
0: jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, I'm Josh, and if you missed me, I'm flattered, but you need to work on your aim.
6: Howdy, it's Wendy, and can we have a do-over? I didn't get that on film.
4: josh i'm thinking i know that they sometimes they put a little fly uh, image of a fly on a urinal i'm thinking that might help people's aim for you um my name is tony and now i have one last jeep (laughs) josh says thanks um thanks for welcoming me back welcoming me back
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. local jeep news national jeep news and news from around the world it's this week in jeep Well, there's nothing quite like that feeling of trying to scale a difficult obstacle off-road and succeeding on the first try. And nothing can take that feeling away faster than the engine dying on you halfway through your pull. Jeepers of yesteryear were plagued frequently by this during the YJ era when Jeep was using that pesky Carter brand carburetor on the engines at the time. Nowadays, losing fuel pressure in the carburetor because you got too off-camber is a thing of the past, and nary a Jeeper has to worry about such things anymore. That is unless you own a newer model Jeep Cherokee, that is. I'm not sure if Jeep has a model in which has had more recalls than the Cherokee. I'll have to look that up one of these days. But this newest recall is affecting anywhere between 65,000 and 95,000 vehicles, depending on who you ask. If you own a 2014 to 2017 Jeep Cherokee and it's not a full-on soccer mom grocery getter, then chances are you're affected. To know if your Jeep is affected, it needs to be a 2014 to 2017 model year and have a low-range-capable transfer case. I'm I'm sorry. I'm using that term a little loosely here. (laughs) These vehicles don't actually have a transfer case. They instead have what is called a two-speed power transfer unit, which only simulates the sort of two-speed transfer case found in most part-time four-wheel drive trucks and SUVs, which are designed to handle actual off-road use. Jeep brands these systems affected by the recall as Active Drive 2 or Active Drive Lock. The former wasn't optional uh, on multiple trims, the latter was standard on all Trailhawk models. And it is this sort of lack of a real four-wheel drive system that is the reason behind why we pick on these lesser Jeeps so much. And it is recalls and issues like this that have, well, people keep popping up, that have many of you wishing you would have sprung for a real Jeep. But I digress. So how serious of an issue is this really, and exactly what is happening? Well, I'm glad you asked. In a recent press release, FCA stated that they discovered a critical driveline connection may, in certain circumstances, slip. This should this occur, it may lead to loss of propulsion while driving, which would obviously suck, especially if you were trying to use a newer model Cherokee off-road. This issue can also prevent the transmission from completely engaging into park at all when the vehicle is stationary as well, causing a rollaway condition. You remember something similar happening with the Grand Cherokees back in the middle of 2016 or so when actor Anton Yelchin was killed when his own Jeep slipped out of park and smashed him against the gate of his driveway. Now that, however, was attributed to a problematic gearshift design which was linked to more than 266 rollaway crashes and 68 injuries in 2012-2014 Dodge Charger and Chrysler 300s and 2014-2015 Jeep Grand Cherokees. FCA says one accident has been attributed to this issue, but no injuries were associated. Notices will begin going out to owners of the recalled models next month. In the meantime, if you think that you're affected by this, then you can wait for your notice. Uh, You can call your local dealer or look up your vehicle information on the NHTSA website to find out what to do next. The fix for this will involve you taking the Jeep to your local dealer, where the service department will install an updated software patch that will alert the driver to the malfunction when it occurs. If the vehicle is in motion, the computer will simply automatically shunt power to the rear wheels to maintain propulsion. If a malfunction is detected while attempting to shift into park, the system will also apply the parking brake automatically to prevent rollaway. Something you should probably be doing anyways, but I guess FCA knows best. And we apparently need even more driver-assistant technology shoved down our throats because we obviously are too effing stupid to know how to park our own vehicle safely.
4: Wow. So, let me understand this. Um... Well, I heard the simulated part. I'm, I'm wondering if you buy... I, I lost
0: you at not a real transfer case. Okay. <laughs> if,
4: you, if you buy one of these uh, these uh, Jeep Cherokees, uh, can you simulate your payments to the bank? That's mm, the critical bit for me.
0: Good question. <laughs> then,
4: which component on the Jeep does that? Oh, man. You're kidding me. This thing won't, uh, won't flow
0: the, uh, the fuel to uh, off-camber situations? No, no, it's not that. It's just I am referring to a, a similar issue of a much, much older Jeep for a completely different reason. Okay. Um, but uh and, and sort of, you know, tongue in cheek, um, like a new Cherokee would be found off road in an as off camera situation <laughs> well, as a YJ was, would
4: ever be. I was curious how they actually found out the problem. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
0: so, no, no, there, is one, there is one instance where this issue has happened um, But it was you know, in traffic, driving, whatever, um, in a parking lot The thing didn't park I don't know exact details behind the one issue where this has happened That spot, uh, sparked off the, uh, the investigation for this But uh, FCA is on top of it and uh, apparently already have a fix in play
4: So are they sure that this is an actual issue And not somebody that just hacked in through the Uconnect And a, a
0: hacker that's messing with them? You know, that's actually a really good question. I would assume that they would have done some back channel research and and, and checked uh, to see whether or not this was just a, a sort of a hack uh, byproduct or if this is an actual, you know, issue that pops up, you know, uh, inherent to this Jeep. So, uh, and it seems to be the latter, uh, that these, these two specific drivetrain systems uh, have this issue which has developed over the years and uh, and the only fix for it is a software patch. So, uh, which seems kind of a bit of a band-aid to me, uh, but uh, if the problem exists in the software to begin with and it's not mechanical, uh, then I guess that is the correct fix.
4: Well, a software patch should be a lot cheaper and uh, a lot easier to implement without having to pay a bunch of money out to dealers r- repairing the situation. Although, I guess maybe they have to go in uh, for the repair. Uh, you know, I don't know why they don't have uh, uh, have the patches on Instagram or something, so they can just push them out through social media. <laughs>
0: You know, something where you, 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 you they send you a USB drive in the in the oh, do in they? the mail or something. I don't know. I mean, that would be that would be nice if they did something like <laughs> that hack, where hack instead in the, of <laughs> they put a root kit on your
6: on your yeah. computer
0: at the same time. <laughs>
6: this is for your safety. We're gonna we're we're gonna help park it. We're gonna help it keep it from rolling. Just plug this in. Jeez. Oh boy.
4: Well, I can actually see that being uh, used in uh, future uh, litigations uh, when uh, more actors are pinned against the. Uh, uh, uh gates and die I so, said, well we put this stuff in there so you know we tried to anticipate when uh, uh when the uh what was the guy's name yeltsin a- a- anton anton Yelchin. yeltsin uh great character in the the new star trek uh, reboot i, I hated to, to see that uh that he was killed in that uh, that was a um that was a, a situation where he just didn't get it in park wasn't it because of the confusing no, design
0: it was a confusing. It was a bad design on those and there was there were some fixes and some issues with that where they, they went ahead and took care of uh, of some issues. It was one of those things where you had this like knob or this button yeah. that you pushed. I mean it wasn't like a gear shift. Right. There was no like mechanical indexed, you know mark where you move the, the thing into the position. It's just a button that you push or a dial that you turn and and there's really no sort of uh, you know, hepatic feedback that gives you an indication that yes, you did the right thing fully or the vehicle you know has fully uh you know taken your command and, and is doing what you had told it to um and that was a grand shirt, you know so it was a different system um different technology different vehicle and obviously a different issue but kind of along the same lines kind of a park by wire uh is what you're saying Ugh, i hate it <laughs> Well, the battle between Jeep and Mahindra is now several years old. And for those who don't know the name Roxxer or Mahinda, Mahindra, it's a little vehicle na- made by an Indian company who has been authorized to manufacture parts for Jeep and even vehicles resembling Jeeps for decades. The company started selling the vehicles in the U.S. back in 2018, prompting Jeep, uh, Jeep's parent company, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, to take legal action. The Roxxer isn't even a federally approved automobile, but classified as a side-by-side UTV. The bare-bones, not street-legal vehicle is similar in design to the Willys MB, actually, which Mahindra had previously been allowed to build for sale in Asia and other countries under license from Jeep. Now, last week, the International Trade Commission ruled that Mahindra violated the trade dress of Jeep's vehicles and ordered it to stop selling the Roxer in the United States. Earlier this year, Mahindra attempted to address the issue by replacing the vertical slats of the front grille, which very much resembled a Jeep, with an oval grill design which looked almost exactly like the front end of an FJ Cruiser. Uh, but the ITC ruling was actually based on six other parts, not just the grill. FCA issued a statement this week saying it was obviously pleased with the decision, while Mahindra is predictably considering an appeal.
4: How in the hell? I mean, they have their licensed to make
0: these things. From I, well before FCA was even uh, I, uh, I, I know. Here, your daddy's eye. the thing, is, <laughs> is that if for the first time ever in 2018, these became available on U.S. soil. And that is, you know, I mean, obviously the U.S. is Jeep and FCA's largest market. And if you have somebody who's competing with you with a vehicle that uh, arguably looks similar to a Jeep Wrangler, well, to, a, to an old Willys MB, really, more than anything... Um, you know, there, there's, there is some trademark issues there. You know, the, the, we call it the trade dress. When you look at the front of a Jeep, that seven-slot grill, it pretty much sets it apart from any other vehicle on the planet. And well, when you have another automaker, which is designing a quote-unquote vehicle, although it's not really a car or a truck, it's a UTV, yeah. um, that has a similar look to it, well, FCA is going to have an issue if you start selling that in its largest market. Okay, so I've got a, a large ranch, and
4: I want to uh, have something to cruise around on that large ranch. I'm going to go buy me a $40,000 Jeep Wrangler uh, so I can uh, not take it off-road, just drive it around the ranch. Not. I, I'm going to get a, a side-by-side or a quad or something like that. And, right. and this would be, if I was a Jeeper or, or just like Jeeps, this would be a great thing to get. What are these things, like $15,000, $20,000? I mean, they're expensive uh,
0: little they are toys. expensive for, for what they are. I mean, comparative to, to other UTVs of a, a more utility nature, these things are on the higher price point and, and clearly much less powered. And you've got to pay through the nose if you want anything like you know, PTO or accessories or any kind of implementation whatsoever. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I got to give them credit for, for trying to do what they were trying to do trying to get a foothold here in the US and and start selling in a market that was otherwise untouched uh, at least by this company um, but with jeep in play and, and a vehicle looking very much like it um, you know they, they ran into a lot of issues uh, both trademark and and obviously trade dress as well um, throughout this whole legal process now there's been multiple decisions there's been a couple of appeals um, and uh, and things have gone back and forth over the years and we actually reported recently on on Mahindra sort of uh, um, taken upon themselves to change that design to hopefully uh, stave off things going this far. Unfortunately, it has gone this far. What they did was not enough, and, uh, and they are no, now no longer allowed to sell the Rockser here in the United States.
4: So um, obviously there's a market for these things in the United States. So why, why didn't Mahindra put the seven-slot grill back on it FCA uh, work a licensing agreement uh, with them and actually sell these things in the Jeep dealerships because I think that it would be uh, people go in and they, they're looking at the Wranglers, they're looking at the, at the new Cherokees, and they go, oh, look at this. I could use this on my 500,000-acre ranch, and uh, let me get this while I'm here. How much is one of these? Uh, it just well, I mean, seems like it would be a good way for uh, FCA and Mahindra to both win in this deal.
0: And, and it, and it I, I promotes the Jeep brand. From what I know, the the licensing that was on the table for that sort of a deal would have made it virtually impossible for Mahindra to to uh, carry a profit on the sale of these vehicles here in the United States. So they would be selling them at a loss, which automakers do operate on that sort of a principle around the globe and in, in with other other things. But um, for something like this, it's just it was it was a it was a deal breaker. It was a, it was a non a non starter? So. Um, yeah, it's just the, the 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 numbers couldn't get agreed on from both parties, and, and so it just it went through litigation to its nth degree, and and this is the ruling: Mahindra is no longer allowed to sell the rocks here in the U.S. Period. Man, the consumer get consumers get one less Jeep. Technically, not a Jeep, I know, but still. I mean, yeah, it only had like sixty horsepower, and yeah. uh, you know the the the, the <laughs> big one. I mean, it's like so it's, it's extremely underpowered um way too expensive and no accessories or implements. I'm, um for a utility vehicle that just doesn't make sense.
4: I mean no nope. y- I mean you put a gun rack on it, take it to the golf course, you got a really cool <laughs>
0: golf cart uh you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one that wouldn't let you on the green with, but whatever.
6: That's right. <laughs>
0: Well, how about a convoy for a cause? I think we're due for something that uh, makes us all feel good. A fairly new organization known as Black Top Warriors Jeep Club is rallying Jeep lovers around the Pennsylvania area to cruise for a cause. And it's a good cause, too. The event helps cancer patients, and any Jeep event or a club that is helping beat cancer or live better with it gets as much attention as I can point their way. Cancer just takes so much from those who it inflicts and the families around them. So the rally happening this weekend is a great way to get out with the Jeep, take your top off, get some fresh air, and enjoy life to the fullest. Black Top Warriors Jeep Club is hosting a Convoy for a Cause this Saturday, June 20th. So after it's pretty much the day after this show is released. And this is happening in Luzerne County. The event benefits the cancer resource and wellness center Candy's Place in 40 Fort, Pennsylvania. The convoy takes the Jeep owners on a one-hour drive through the country and ends at Grotto Pizza in Harvey's Lake. For more information on this event, links, and how to support the cause, which I really encourage you to do, please check out the show notes for this episode on our website. Man, Jeeps and pizza. That's almost like Jeeps and tacos. That's a good one. That's a good one.
6: And this is a a good good cause, too. So, uh,
5: they they have
0: done this in the the past. um, And uh, from the videos and and snippets and news reports that I've seen, this ends up being a a pretty big event. Uh, And so, uh, even if you're not in the Pennsylvania area, I encourage you to help them out. Uh, and, I, and this is going to be something that gets bigger and bigger each and every year, and, uh, and hopefully they're going to be able to, uh, to generate lots of money and help out some families and, and people who are uh, suffering through cancer in the Pennsylvania area.
4: I encourage uh, any of our listeners that are a part of this or maybe even the, the folks that put it on to uh, give us a call and let us know how the, uh, how the event went. We'd like to have it for, uh, for the show.
0: Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say by phone or by email. Any number of ways you can reach out to us and join in Just head over to the JeepTalkShow.com contact website and find out how. How would you like to be an instrumental part of the Jeep Talk Show production team? This is your chance to produce the show. All you have to do is email us a recommendation for a guest to be interviewed on the show. Send us the company name, a person to contact, and an email or phone number, and we'll be sure to get you the credit for the booking. If you've ever wanted to be a part of the show, here's how. And the time is now. Just go to our contact page and start becoming part of the show today. Hey, and coming up in Tech Talk, is your manual
4: transmission Jeep not going in and out of gear like it used to? We'll have a possible cause and fix for this later in the show.
2: Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy. I completely failed, neglected my Jeep Talk Show co-host duties. Um, but I've learned a lesson, and this is a Jeep Mama tip. Whenever you are planning for an event to go out on an off-roading trip, always, always give yourself way more time than you think you need, because it just there's just so much to do. Um, I've not been able to do a lot of things that I wanted to get done, like record my Jeep Talk Show Jeep Life episode. Um, I am now waiting in line at McDonald's so I can eat on the run. I'm heading up to Denver to the airport to pick up both my kids. I'm so excited. They are coming with us to the Rubicon Trail. We are leaving tomorrow morning, and we are driving to South Lake Tahoe, where we'll be meeting up with one, two... Four other Jeepers, and we'll be hitting the Rubicon Trail. I will be updating you guys on this great adventure. In the meantime, sorry, don't fire me. You can deduct my pay. That's okay. And I don't have any fancy bada-bing noises like Nikki G does, so this is just a simple old voicemail from Jeep Mama. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.
0: Wait, so I, I there's one thing I took away from all of that. She's <laughs> getting
2: ass.
6: paid? <laughs> I swear to, Wait, I was going to ask the same thing, Josh. I'm like, hold on a minute. I didn't see that in the contract I signed. Hold so, on a minute.
4: So let's see if uh, next week rolls around and she says, I'm sorry. I ha- I was having so much uh, fun. I mean, I was so busy on the Rubicon trail. I didn't get a chance to record anything for the show. What do you want to bet? Anybody take a bet?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, no. I, I, I can kind of <laughs> sort of relate. Uh my my experience on the on the Rubicon was life changing, and I cannot wait to get back. I don't know if I don't think that Tammy's ever been out there before, no, so no. she is in oh, store for so for something else. So yeah, wow. I can't wait to to hear her report and uh, and uh, and what she thought of it all.
4: See, I'm I'm, I'm paving the ground the groundwork though for her to go. Oh God, Tony said that I wasn't going to do it, and then I got to at least do something to prove him wrong. So I, I'm laying <laughs> some groundwork here, you guys.
0: Well, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for her to, oh, uh, yeah. you know, put a put a recorder in somebody's face. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a, at least a little bit of audio or a you know report uh, from yeah, out some, on the trail. From some
4: her. some crickets, just her for a couple of minutes talking you know, about what happened you know. during the day. Some crickets, maybe the crackling of the nice. campfire. You know,
6: yeah, that'd be good. Good,
0: good sounding of welding going on because they broke a drive line. <laughs> you no, know, like that!
4: Don't thro- th- you dare! You the <laughs> throwing know. of tools. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my damn ten
6: millimeter? Um, it's going to be like this: bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah, say those words.
4: Yeah. Uh, so I guess you guys saw that review today, talking about the uh, the guy that uh, had said that he wished the uh, the show was f- uh, more family friendly. And I said, Oh, uh, yeah. And I said, I'm sorry. Bad. We we. <laughs> We'd like for it to be but Amy's got a potty mouth.
6: I saw that. <laughs> no, we we've we've, <laughs> we've
0: we've pretty much had an explicit rating on the show for a decade. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's I mean, we are what we are, the show is what it is, and even though we've we've changed format a little bit over the years and and you know people have come and gone and and that sort of stuff, um you know for all intents and purposes the show has remained more or less the same for yeah for many, many years. Um, and so, you know, looking for something more family friendly. I mean, geez, I can go ahead and do some more voices for you or something like, but I don't, I don't know what else to do for you. Cause I mean, we are who we are.
4: Yeah. And I mean, as far as it goes, it's more innuendo than, uh, the actual bad words. I mean, Josh occasionally goes off the rails, and oh, I'll we got a we got an F bomb
0: here. <laughs> I'll
4: let an S word fly. You but know, it's, it's off like it's, that. It's, it's nothing like what you see people today. They got the F word and every other word oh, that they say, yeah. which is just amazing to me. Uh, yeah.
0: But uh, you know, different generation, I guess. Well, and, and know, we really, we really don't use our explicit uh-uh. rating to the fullest. Yeah, no. right? we could, we could, yeah, but we're not. Nah,
4: because nah. uh, we know some people are listening with their kids. Because. <laughs>
0: they don't care
4: so anyway uh yeah speaking of reviews we did uh, receive a uh a review on our jeep talk show android app today and uh it's actually one of many that we have there uh chet b wrote freaking fantastic show funny and informative and i'd like to highlight the funny part because you guys say i'm not funny you people in, Z- in the zoom you zoom people tell me i'm not funny either but see this guy thinks so <laughs> I, I don't think they're talking There's about you one. tony <laughs> they gotta be one in every crowd I <laughs> <laughs> so so thanks Chet B for, uh, for listening you know just because we don't beg for reviews weekly doesn't mean we don't like seeing what you think of the show good or bad we share it all you can review the show on Facebook the JTS app, Apple or Google stores and probably a dozen other places we love hearing from you why did you become a paid
1: subscriber to the Jeep Dog Show Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, The Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. Been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning.
4: So we've had uh, a number of subscribers here recently, paid subscribers, I should, should say, and I uh, want to uh, thank each and every one of you. I'm not, but I'd like to. And uh, we just really appreciate it. And uh, actually, Travis uh, was uh, one of our recent subscribers. Not only does he uh, uh, say he's a fan of the show, uh, he, uh, he put his, uh, his money behind that by uh, becoming a paid subscriber.
8: Hey, everyone. I want to
3: apologize for some of the things I say. I tend to drink a lot. I'm noticing that. I'm having fun. I'm very responsible, very well maintained. But when I have fun and I'm comfortable, I relax. That said, listen to the talk show for five years now. I'm 100% at home with these guys. I have fun. I enjoy it. And it's a good time. Don't mind me. Ignore me. Laugh at me. It all works out. But I love the Jeep talk show. Everyone on the show does amazing and I'm happy to be comfortable enough to feel
8: like family. Thanks, guys. It's Travis, and I'm out.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, Travis!
6: That's awesome.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, for calling in. And uh, man, you don't uh, uh, you don't have to keep apologizing on the uh, the oh, drinking no, thing. It's just we. No, it, I, it, I think it's hilarious. Uh, and mm-hmm. I I hope you don't think I'm laughing at you. Uh, I'm just enjoying what you have to say, especially because I mean, Josh, you and I have have requested. On many occasions you know call in and if you're drunk even better oh
0: yeah because it's funny no it is it it is i mean we we've had a couple of those you know three o'clock in the morning three sheets the wind voicemails and they are winners let me tell you Uh, but honestly i mean if, if travis was calling us in that kind of a state and we could hear him like driving down the road okay That might be a little different of a story, but the guy's having fun and he's doing it responsibly. He's at his own home, and and yeah. So come on, you know, give the guy a little bit of slack. And uh, Travis, love to have you, man, Uh, and thanks for thanks for being such a loyal fan. Oh yeah,
6: exactly. Thank you.
4: You're uh, you're part of the show uh, whether you're uh, calling in or uh, talking up uh, the Jeep Talk Show to your uh, friends and uh, coworkers and uh, uh, joining us in the Zoom room, which. I'm, I'm not going to point out he's not in the Zoom room tonight because uh, I don't want to make him feel bad. I, again, I'm well, you not pointing out mail.
0: that was that was his <laughs> that was his you know interaction with the show. He, he knew he probably knew he couldn't be a part of the show tonight, so he, he figured he'd at least call in. Well, you know, he's back back working again, so it could be that uh,
4: oh, the the stresses yeah. of uh, work time make to make up, up. Yeah, well, he's he's got to make money so he can uh, uh, keep that uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, paid subscription up.
0: <laughs> and uh, hey, Travis, if it's uh, if it's any consolation, uh, I generally have three fingers of Monkey Shoulder with me anytime we're doing the show. So um that's uh, that's some uh, good Scotch whiskey right there. If anybody doesn't know, you got tech questions? Ah, uh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I just—it's Tech Talk with Deep Talk. Yahoo! Well, and speaking of being part of the show, Allison M. wrote into the show recently asking a couple of technical questions. The first referred to a screenshot from his obd 2 code reader, which was running some real-time diagnostics at the time. For those who have a Bluetooth dongle and something like the Torque app, or have spent more than $40 on a code reader, chances are that it, too, has the ability to display real-time vehicle information. Things like throttle position, air and oil temperatures, voltage, and even things like speed, RPM, and other systems t- stats. Allison was asking about a couple of numbers that were displayed and wasn't sure what they meant or if they were in normal operating parameters or not. And for that part, I'm going to answer him personally, as the answer isn't going to mean anything to you out there listening without having that scream grab and having the exact same vehicle and an understanding of what we're talking about. Not to mention, it's pretty dry and boring stuff. The other question he had was transmission-related, which is always fun. And he asked the show... Hey Jeep Talk Show, my Jeep is a 97 TJ with a 4 liter and a manual transmission and a rear lunchbox locker running 31 inch tires. My tranny is starting to stick and it's kind of rough going in and out of first gear and sometimes second too. How difficult is it to rebuild a transmission, a manual transmission, and would that fix my issue? As always, I like to start off with saying thanks for writing into the show. I think in Allison's case, it's likely not the transmission itself, but likely a support system designed to help the transmission operate easier. What I think is happening is that Allison is having an issue with either the master cylinder or the slave cylinder of his transmission, possibly both. A clutch master cylinder is a component found on vehicles equipped with manual transmissions and serves as the pump for the hydraulically operated clutch system. The slave cylinder on a manual transmission works in conjunction with the clutch master cylinder to disengage the clutch when the pedal is pressed so that the transmission can be safely shifted. Since these systems are hydraulic in nature, clutch clutch master cylinders are often prone to issues with leaks that will interfere with its ability to displace fluid. Let's quickly look at the symptoms of a failing clutch master or slave cylinder, as you yourself may have an issue and not even know it. One of the first symptoms commonly associated with a potential problem with the clutch master cylinder is low or dirty fluid in the reservoir. If it's dark and you're having to top it off frequently, then you likely have a leak in the system and it's only a matter of time before things are going to get worse. Another symptom commonly associated with a bad or failing clutch master cylinder is difficulty shifting. And this is exactly what Allie is having. If the master cylinder is not able to properly create pressure, it will not be able to disengage the clutch properly when the pedal is pressed. This may lead to grinding the gears when shifting and possibly even a transmission that pops out of gear. Abnormal pedal pressure is another symptom of a potential problem with a bad or failing master cylinder. If the cylinder develops any internal issues, it will directly affect the feel of the pedal. A leaky cylinder may cause the pedal to feel mushy or spongy, and in some severe cases will lead to a pedal that will just sink to the floor and stay there when depressed. Luckily for Allison, fixing this doesn't require rebuilding the entire transmission or even replacing the clutch. For the TJs, the clutch master and slave cylinders comes as a complete kit. Which typically costs anywhere from $80 to $100, or $80 to $180, uh, for the parts, and can be installed with regular hand tools in a couple of hours or, or so. Chilton or Haynes manuals have the process, and there are also some great videos and write-ups online that can give you a step-by-step guide on how to do this procedure yourself. I will make one note though on this job. This is another one of those you get what you pay for moments. From my experience, the cheaper replacement kits not only are a little tight on the hose lengths, but they also sometimes put the neutral safety switch in a slightly different position than the OEM units, which may give you problems when trying to start the Jeep after the repair. This in no way affects the function of the transmission or how the clutch actually operates, just the switch that tells the Jeep it's a neutral or that the clutch is in and that the engine is safe to start. With the lesser quality replacement kits, the Jeep may not realize it's actually in neutral since the switch isn't picking up the throw of the clutch pedal in the same way as before. Allegedly, the OEM and more expensive kits do not have this issue, but this doesn't mean the cheaper ones won't work. You may just have to end up uninstalling it and making some modifications, which typically involve shimming the master cylinder with O-rings, which moves the switch's position to the correct spot. There are also ways to bypass the neutral safety switch completely, but you didn't hear that from me. Allison could have other issues. Transmissions are fickle things, and you usually want to leave the repair or rebuilding of these systems to the professionals, as oftentimes there are specialty tools required for installation or setup that you likely are not going to have. But I think the clutch master Cylinder is a good place to start for Allison. And for less than $200 in parts and in materials and a few hours worth of wrenching, I'd say it's worth it.
4: It's been a number of years since I've uh, changed clutch, uh, pressure plate, throw-out bearing, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, uh, it, w- it wasn't on a Jeep. Now I remember doing this a number of times cause it may be uh, hard for you to believe, but I'm a little heavy on the, uh, my foot, the, uh, the gas pedal. So I went through a lot of, cl- <gasps> a lot of, uh, clutch discs. also too, I found it's out not you're- the Tony, I know <laughs> also too, I found out you're supposed to resurface the, uh, <laughs> the flywheel. <laughs> And uh, replace the pressure plate. But anyway, I digress. So I had done it a number of times, and I would uh, pick up that transmission to, to stab it back into the uh, the bell housing, and you know, get it inside the splines for the uh, the pressure plate, and yeah. do it over and over, you know, take it off, move it around, try it again, try it again, and then I I happened to see these wooden dowels that were made for that match the end of the the of your. Uh, uh, the shaft that comes off on the uh, the manual well, those, transmission. Those, those alignment tools alignment are just a wonderful things? Oh, my <laughs> God, it was wonderful. So my question is, I would think that even uh, though the the jeep transmission is different because I didn't have uh, master and slave cylinders, it was all manual, uh, everything it was just levers. Uh, the, to engage and disengage the uh, the clutch on the on the, the vehicle that I was doing this on. Do they still make the alignment tools? Is that something that you oh, yeah. really ought to get if you're doing a uh, a transmission or, uh, you know, you're replacing yeah, if, the clutch and uh, pressure plate.
0: Yeah, if you're doing a clutch rebuild, a clutch swap, you know, something like that, or even you know swapping out from a, an automatic to a manual, you know, something along those lines. You know, having one of those alignment tools, I would say, would be the bare minimum Good. essential Good. of. Of uh, specialty tools that that you would need You can get these on Amazon, you can get them on eBay Part stores could probably order them For you, you need to have the exact Transmission and And and, uh um, and engine you know configuration down um, as far as spline count uh, you know all that sort of stuff they can look this information up for you so long as you haven't done any crazy modifications it should be pretty standard yeah the, um, one, the but, one
4: the one i got was specific for the transmission so i would i just looked up on the thing and i mean it's just a wooden dowel that has you know different size uh round surfaces and i thought you know, when you said basic hand tools i went back in time and all the moaning and groaning and retrying because <laughs> yeah. that it wasn't a hugely hugely heavy transmission, but you lift it up ten or twelve times because you're trying to line that damn clutch disc up. The shoulders are going to get tired. Oh yeah. man, wobbly, Screaming. sore. So yeah, that was uh, so if you if you're going to change the and I wanted to make sure that that was still uh, something that people did. So if you're going to be doing uh, replacing your clutch uh, uh, pressure plate and so on and so forth uh, for your transmission on your Jeep. Definitely get an alignment tool. You will just be so happy. And they're not expensive at all. At least they weren't no. years ago because it was just a piece of wood.
0: Now, we could spend an entire episode just discussing the various symptoms that a manual transmission uh, develops as different uh, parts of it are, are on its way out. Um, and and there, there's things that, that, that make audible noises. There's things that make, you know, mechanical noises that you'll, you'll actually feel Um, uh, there, you know, there's, there's just so many, you know, moving components to a transmission and each and every one of them develop their own issue, which has its own symptoms. Um, and, and we could have, we could have probably two episodes just on nothing but transmission talk. Um, but that's not something I really want to do because I mean, this is a pretty dry subject and, and unless you're interested in this kind of stuff or, um, you're, you're directly affected by it, it, it's going to go over your head or you're not going to find an interest in it. So um you know i'll leave that for for uh, for our listeners to to call us uh, upon and and if that's something that you guys want us to talk about then then by all means we'll go, we'll definitely d- dive into those waters but uh, but at least i hope this helps get alley pointed in the right direction and somebody else out there who is having an issue with their jeep shifting in and out of gear uh this might give them a point to uh point to start looking at things to to replace
4: well, let me throw out a suggestion um i know that there's probably some folks out there that are uh suspecting they're having some manual transmission problems in their jeeps probably uh tjs maybe some yjs but probably tjs more than anything else and uh would would there would it make it better if there was kind of a highlight of things the typical things that may indicate a uh, a clutch uh or a pressure plate r- uh, repair and maybe some stuff like uh, alignment tool and uh highlights something that would be Brief and give uh, somebody an idea of what to look look forward to. Maybe a
0: YouTube link to a YouTube certified mechanic to show them how to yeah, do it. Right,
8: there we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's another one of those things where you know, depending on the uh, on the on the decade of Jeep that you know that you have, you know, this is going to be uh, a little bit different. Uh, modern Jeeps are going to have uh, slightly different systems than you know those like a CJ or a YJ even, um, and, and so things are going to vary slightly uh, when it when it comes to you know uh, the, the the model years, as it were. Um, but, uh, but there are some sort of universal standards at which we could apply, uh, to some basic troubleshooting that might get some people pointed in the right direction. If they've got some other issues going on, I'll, maybe I'll look at the, putting something together here in the coming weeks and see if we can't, uh, can't hook you guys up a little bit.
4: And I, and I'll be honest, the, the reason why I mentioned that is as I'm, I'm kind of in that situation. I think that I'm getting ready to have to, uh, replace the, uh, the clutch, uh, pressure plate and so on and so forth. And my wife's O3, the, uh. Uh, clutch pedals getting really high and on uh, acceleration. I get that uh, That vibrating thing of the clutch engaging disengaging, you know, because it's not grabbing uh, oh, I think
0: well. the O3s were a one-year transmission too. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I Think so I got I gotta, gotta look back at my uh, my notes my service so, notes and stuff So it's not yeah. a
2: horrible
4: thing to do, but it's certainly uh, something I, uh, I remember the alignment tool and that's one of the reasons why I was al- why I was asking because Uh, I'll definitely want uh, want to do that and stab that transmission once.
0: Yeah. Well, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, just jump over to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and send us a message. Let us know what you would like for us to cover.
2: Help. I've fallen and I can't get up.
0: Has this ever happened to you? You've fallen and you can't get up.
2: Oh, God. Can you please call 911?
4: Shut up, old woman. I'm working here. Now you can make your long wait, perhaps your last one, better by listening to the Jeep Talk Show Past Catalog of Shows.
2: Oh, please. Please, help me.
4: Look, Grandma, there's 24 hours in a day. That's 24 past Jeep Talk Show episodes you can listen to. Now shut up, press that play button, and enjoy those ice chips I gave you.
2: Please, help me.
4: The Jeep Talk Show. We care about our listeners.
2: (laughs)
0: From around the world
5: or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. to neighbor! It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All ho,
4: boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. We got a special treat tonight. We're going to be speaking with Sean Holman. And uh, he is one of the members of the Truck Show Podcast. That's the Truck Show Podcast. And, and uh, let me just tell you up front, you can go over to truckshowpodcast.libson.com, and we'll have that in the show notes in case uh, that's too much to type for you. You know, we always want to make it easy for you. Uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com uh, and look, for the, uh, uh, look in our show notes uh, for that, uh, that link. Now, uh, for the Truck Show podcast, you have to you have to ask yourself: Do you love trucks, jeeps, custom wheeling, fabrication, new products, events, and the latest in truck news? Well, don't we all? Uh, then you won't want to miss this fun and irreverent look at today's world of trucks, hosted by veteran Los Angeles radio personality and producer Jay Lightning. Is that tiles, uh, Sean? Uh, Tillis. Tillis, okay, uh, and that's over at KROQ and Truck Expert, and this is the sh- the, the part you need to pay attention to because this is our guest, the Truck Expert and longtime automotive journalist Sean P. Holman. Truck 10, tr- I'm so excited, Truck Trend, Four-Wheeler, Diesel Power, Trucking, JP, and Peterson's four, Four-Wheel and Off-Road. The Truck Show podcast brings a unique and entertaining perspective to all things trucks included, those lifted, lowered, and everything in between. Now, Sean, I got to start off with a question. A Jeep, uh, do you consider yeah. a car or a truck? Uh,
9: it's not. It's, it's, it's neither unless it's a Gladiator, otherwise it's a Jeep. Oh,
4: I d- thought I was going to get you. Hang on. <laughs> you are correct, sir. And that's uh, that's largely due to you being uh, a big jeeper yourself, correct?
9: Uh, I am. In fact, uh, I uh, if anybody has followed Four Wheeler over the years, they might remember a uh, 51 Willie CJ3A Project Colonel Mustard. That was mine. <laughs> Project Con Artist. When the uh, when the JKs first came out, I did that build. Uh, and then my own personal uh, JK at a 12. And then I uh, just bought a new 20 JL. So uh, and my wife's got a a, a a Cherokee KL as well, so we uh, we've got quite the Jeep family over here and a lot of Jeep experience.
4: Now you were mentioning uh, you've actually been making payment of, payments on this JL uh, for a few months now, right?
9: Yeah, stupid because of <laughs> a stupid COVID. So, uh, it' long story, but I uh, you know have a lot of friends uh, at Jeep from, from my job and and have had the opportunity to uh, be a part of several of the. The programs, including JL and JT, and, and get brought in early to to, uh, to consult. And so, uh, you know, we saw JL about two years plus early, and we're able to kind of guide some of the discussion. And for all of you loving your JL and, and the things that you love about it over your JK, uh, you're welcome. And uh, so, the the running joke was that I hadn't bought one yet. but I basically got Jeep to make my uh, my dream vehicle, and then I, you know, we're a couple of years in now, and I still hadn't bought one. And so. My friends over in Jeep uh, engineering and, and design were giving me a hard time. So I decided, well, you know what? This is the year. Got the, uh, got the JK sold. was ready for a, a new project for four-wheeler. And uh, so ordered it up and uh, sent it over to AEV to have it converted into a JL370, which is their, uh, their turnkey conversion. I, I've learned over the years of all my project vehicles that as I get older, my, uh, my needs have changed a little bit. And so rather having every single part I could stick on it and creating a Frankenstein, I'm doing a more measured approach where I'm, I'm picking very specific products for very specific tasks. And obviously always a, uh, a fan of the guys over at AV and worked out uh, a deal with them. So sent them the, uh, the Jeep. And the idea was this year I was going to fly out to Detroit, pick it up and drive it to Easter Jeep Safari. And right. you all know what happened uh, with those things. So yeah. uh, stupid COVID it's been sitting at AV for uh, several months and uh, finally flying out tomorrow and uh, going to bring it home. So uh, bought it back in February, and the first time I'll set eyes on it, uh, other than a photo, will be uh, June, uh, June 12th. So I
4: generally like to stay away from religion on the, uh, on the podcast, but I've got to ask, um, this life that you're living, did you have to sign a deal with the devil?
9: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I've got to tell you, I-, I have the world's best job. There's, there's no doubt about it. The, uh, the things I've seen, the places I've gone, uh, when, the, uh, when the JKs came out in oh seven uh we had a trip a media trip to uh, africa and so the first time i wheeled <laughs> a, a jk was after landing on a dirt field in a uh, 14 passenger cessna caravan and meeting the jeep team in the bush in uh, sub-saharan africa and when jl came out uh the trip was in new zealand i've I've raced in the baja 1000 i've been all over the world testing everything from you know range rovers to uh, to ford trucks to uh ram and everything in between and of course jeeps and uh it's just it's it's been an amazing uh, amazing journey i've been uh with uh, the motor train group now for uh, 18 years and uh running the uh, truck and off-road group which includes uh the the brands you mentioned earlier really has given me an opportunity to have a lot of great experiences and meet a lot of great people.
4: Oh, it sounds like so much fun. A lot of travel, too. Of course, I'm, I'm thinking you may have met God whenever you were in that uh, small Cessna flying uh, across Africa. There's,
9: uh, yeah, back- I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I was in the backseat, and if you know what a Cessna caravan is, it's a long, skinny, high-wing, single-engine prop plane that they uh, very, very rugged and robust. They use them in, in the bush in Alaska and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Africa. They're, they're kind of you know all over the world. I was in the very last row looking forward, going, man, if this thing goes down, A, there's no getting out for me, and B, I get to watch everybody in front of me crunch before uh, before I hit the ground. So, trust me, that was definitely going through my mind as I was thinking, why am I in the back of a little airplane flying through Africa? <laughs> this is weird, you know?
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no sisters are great, and I think I have a, a mental image of, uh, of that uh, that aircraft in my head, Uh they, it doesn't mean that the pilot does everything you're supposed to do every time. so It's, <laughs> right, always, yeah, no, it's the, always a concern, but yeah, a, a nice aircraft. Well, that, that is just, just fascinating. Now, um, so you know a lot of people at Jeep, and I, I get the feeling yeah. that uh, I, I wish I had had your number before the Jeep Cherokee came out, because I would like to uh, throw some inputs into you. For, for example, <laughs> not making it look like a Reebok tennis shoe. I was so insulted being a Cherokee owner having something come out like that. I was excited yeah. initially because you know uh, Camaro, the new Camaros had come out yeah. and they had kind of a, uh, still had the the old Camaro look to them uh, and Dodge came out with one. I can't remember if it was a Charger or what it was, but they really had that that sense of what it used to be, but a more modern look. But they didn't do Not that with a one. Cherokee. No, no.
9: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, the, the, the Cherokee kind of always looked like a moon pod to me and I, I wasn't a big fan when it came out. In fact, the uh, good friend of mine is mark allen who's the head of design for jeep and uh, i was in auburn hills on some other business and had a chance to spend some time with mark in his office and while i was in town and he said hey i want to show you something uh and then i i I just want you to soak it in and tell me what you think i said okay so he and i are sitting at a little table in his office and pulls out a drawing and it's the next cherokee now for me it's sort of like nissan pathfinder like the vehicle itself right. for what it was meant to do is fine, but why use the Pathfinder name? Same thing with the new Chevy Blazer, right? It's not a Blazer. It's not a Pathfinder. This was not a Cherokee. Exactly. And so he shows me this picture and I I was sort of dumbfounded as my, as my jaw dropped. And I looked at it and it was really ugly. And I told Mark, I said, wow, uh, can I marinate on this a bit? And he starts laughing and he goes, he goes yeah. I said, for me, any design that I like right away seems to not age well, and the things that I haven't really liked initially, I thought, were pretty good. But this is this is a little ex- aggressive. He says, "Well, we're really trying to push the limits with this, and you know, this is going to be the new styling direction." And I'm like, "Does it have to be called Cherokee? You know, like oh, I, I felt like you. it could be Liberty or something like that, right? Yeah. And not 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 in a sense bastardize the uh, the Cherokee name." And so I took that home with me, the, the image, and thought about it, and and I just I couldn't really wrap my head around it. Even when it was was uh, unveiled, it it had some fussiness to the design that I think they they sort of spent a lot of time and 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 didn't get everything done that they uh, that they wanted to do. And so what ended up happening is it it sort of went out. I don't want to say half baked, but I don't think everybody was was super you know happy with with it. And my wife and I were dating at the time, and we'd gone to a movie theater, and the local Jeep dealership was the sponsor of this, of this movie theater. And my wife goes, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I said, oh, that's the new uh, Jeep Cherokee. She goes, that's the ugliest car I think I've ever seen. And I said, hold on. I have a friend I need to send a picture to. Can you stand in front of it? And she goes, yeah, you want me to flip it off? I'm like, this is why we can get married. So yeah. I've got a picture of my wife in front of a movie theater with a roped-off Cherokee brand new with dealer plates. Flipping it off, and I said that to, uh, to Mark Allen. <laughs> oh, and, this is gross. Uh, so we got a good, a good, you know, laugh over it. Um, and what's what's funny is fast forward to 2018 when the 2019 Cherokee mid cycle refresh came out, and my wife and I were expecting, and we needed to get her a uh, a new car. For a while, she had a Lexus IS, and it was just too small. And she's she was always a sports sedan: BMW 3 Series, Audi A5, uh, Audi A4. A three Mercedes. I mean, she just loved all that stuff. And I said, you should really look at look at an SUV. And she says, oh yeah, yeah. Well, she looked at the new Cherokee and actually really liked it. And it had everything she wanted. You know, glass roof and you know, you Connect, the big screen, and adaptive cruise control, and the full safety suite, and all the airbags, leather interior, and for a really reasonable price considering what you got. So we got her a a nineteen limited two wheel drive. She doesn't need to go off road. It's actually been a great car, but I had to uh, eat crow by sending a, uh, a picture to Mark of her holding the baby in front of her new car, which was the Cherokee that several years earlier she was flipping off. So if, if Jeep can, uh, can you know win over my wife with a mid-cycle refresh, then I think they can win over just about anyone. And actually, to be honest... Uh, for a family car, it's a great family car. That's not what I'm taking wheeling, but uh, it's a great family car.
4: Yeah, yeah, and really, I don't have any problem with it, other than the use of the name, because the name, the, the yeah. name means something uh, different to me than uh, than what what what's on what it's attached to now.
9: Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. But you got you know from a from a business standpoint, you got to look at it too. From this, from you know, a lot of people go, "Oh, these are all Fiat jeeps, or the car jeeps." Blah blah blah. The reality is, you got to look back and in the historical significance of these brands like for example porsche porsche obviously 911s right right and they came out with a cayenne and everybody just crapped their pants and was like oh my god how could you make an suv out of a porsche well you know fast forward it's now one of the best-selling vehicles if not the best selling vehicle in their portfolio well all that r d money means that there's a lot better 911s out there because they're they're able to funnel some money there it's no different than jeep jeep sells these quote-unquote car jeeps or fiat jeeps or whatever it is is anybody disappointed with what you can get out of a JL today? No, absolutely not. So the fact that you know Jeep as a brand is stronger. There's more money coming in. You know, let people have that. My my philosophy when I was talking with uh, Mike Manley, who is uh, now the head of FCA, and at the time was was the head of uh, Jeep and Ram, was that I didn't think every Jeep needed to be trail rated, especially if they're going into that Renegade class. But what it needed to be was better than anything in its class, including a Subaru or you know whatever. That Jeep name has to mean something. So, yeah, you don't have to take a, a renegade over the Rubicon, but it sure as hell better beat any Subaru in its class off-roading or all-weather, etc. So, that's sort of how I justify it. At the end of the day, they're still making amazing Wranglers, especially two doors, and get manual transmissions. still. Uh, I'm still a fan.
4: Well, no, it's a, it's a great marketing idea because people have heard these names in the past, especially with the Cherokee. They made so many of them, almost $3 million. And uh, then it was a Cherokee Chief, but before that, so it's it's marketing. It's a good, great idea, and yeah, I do like che- uh, Jeep staying in business. Um, you, you mentioned FCA, so let me ask you your opinion. If you want to back out of this, fine. I get the feeling you won't, though. What do you <laughs> What do you consider the quality of the FCA uh, Jeeps? Do you consider it to be a lower quality than the, the say the Chrysler Jeeps or the even the JL? I, I get the feeling there's not yeah. much Fiat in that.
9: Yeah. So you have to uh, remember that, I guess you go back to the last merger with Daimler and Daimler, it was, you know, uh, as, uh, as people will say, it, it was called the merger of equals, but it wasn't a merger of equals. Daimler came and ripped as much money and profits out of uh, Chrysler as possible and left them to die for, you know, servers to, to buy and, you know, bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff. Um, those to me were... It, Interestingly enough, some of the better engineered Jeeps, but they were awful from a cost cutting. The interiors were awful, the electronics were awful, uh, you know, w- everything from you know, window regulators to uh, plastic dashboards and interiors. Um, they worked well because of you know, Daimler, Mercedes, um, engineering behind it and a lot of talent from that company. But they, they basically just ran Chrysler into the ground and, and left it to die, really. And if it weren't for Jeep, you know, FCA wouldn't even be something today. If you look back, whether it's the AMC years or the Daimler years, Jeep has always been the company that has saved Chrysler every single time. And when you look at FCA today and you look at the quality, I think it's some of the better quality vehicles they've made. It's certainly the best interiors. I know the engineers uh, and the designers have a lot more freedom to do the right thing and to, you know, sure, there's cost cutting. It's still a corporation. It's, It's still a big company. But when you look at the scale and you look at the quality of a, of JL parts versus you know especially first generation JK and interior and things like that, you look at the UConnect system with which, in my opinion, I I obviously test for work a lot of vehicles. I'm I'm in you know hundreds of vehicles a year, and it's still the gold standard in in uh, inter, you know digital telematics interface, Bluetooth, all that, and to be able to package that in in the Jeep is is awesome. And you know some of the things that that Jeep has done with, uh, you know, let me put it this way. If you were to go, let's say you you had a, a car company and they said, hey, we need you to create this new car. And you're like, okay, yeah, no problem. And they said, okay, it's got to be four-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, no no problem. But it also has to uh, go 80 miles an hour down the highway. Sure. And it has to have solid axles. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, and it's a convertible. Well, uh, well, all right. And the windshield folds out and the doors come off and, and it's, it's this ridiculous homer car if you had never seen a Jeep before, right? You're thinking, Why right. would you need this? Why would you want all this? And yet today in today's overregulated environment, worldwide, you know, regulations, emissions and safety and crash and everything, the fact that you're still able to have a vehicle as amazing as a JL, as flexible as a JL, says a lot about the acumen of the engineers and the dollars behind it. A lot of the engineers are still the same guys. I know one of the guys is is been there since the uh, the YJ days, and maybe even earlier. Um, those guys are still there, but now they have a company that's willing to bankroll the ideas and the things that they've wanted to do. So there's there's some great people within the walls. There's some Jeep faithful that are employees and making decisions. There's people that will um at all costs protect the Wrangler brand, and it's the right people. And the fact that they have a company that allows them to do that and understands the importance of Jeep is is great. And if they you know, you got to make some of the, the cheaper ones to grow the family, then that's what you have to do. But we still have some amazing Wranglers out of it.
4: Yeah, I mean, they did a good job. Uh, Jeep did a good job with the Cherokee from the marketing standpoint. It was a, a big seller for them. Josh and I did not think it was going to be, so uh, they certainly knew what they were doing there, and they, they they sold a bunch of them. And like I said, it's it's always good for Jeep to stay in business because I like uh, being able to get parts from my old Jeep. Now, let me ask you something. Um, any uh, Any insight into Wrangler going IFS?
9: Well, I mean, they've only tried it about uh, fifty times. There's always somebody. Uh, there was actually a uh, a conversation of of JL being uh, a convertible on the two door only at one point, and full uh, full steel on the four door. Like, do you even need a four door convertible, removable top? And the people, the powers that be, said, "Yes, it's the same same deal with the windshield folding down." Does JL need a windshield that folds down? Well, yes. You know the 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 guys who are behind us said, you know, it has to be authentic. It still has to be Jeep. In fact, I'm, I'm looking right here on my, my shelf. If you go over to my, uh, my Instagram at uh, Sean P. Holman, I, I posted a, uh, a post yesterday I was cleaning off my shelf and I have this flask from New Zealand. And it, it means a lot to me. Um, it says 2017 and there's the American flag logo with the Jeep division design operations logo on it. And on the back, it says, Sean, sincere thanks for your insight and knowledge on Project America, in quotes. Your assistance helped in ways you cannot imagine. Mark. And so that was what we called the JL when we talked, so people would know what we were talking about. We called it Project America. And whenever design or engineering needed help from a third party, from an outsider that the company trusted, or they were trying to prove a point, they would say, hey, I need you to talk to these people or make this point for us because this is the direction. And we were able to, through those types of conversations, and making sure that, you know, uh, making sure that the, the Wrangler was true to its roots, we were able to fend off that IFS conversation. And there's people inside Jeep who want IFS and, you know, the new Broncos coming out with IFS. But if you look at, other than 4Runner, look at Xterra, look at FJ, look at S10 Blazer, uh, on and on down the list, they're, you know, Hummer H3, none of those vehicles are with us anymore but they're all in this class. Well, what do they have in common? They have IFS in common. What I thought was interesting was Bronco, Ford essentially said, we're going to do IFS on this, and we know that we're not going to be as good as Jeep in rock crawling, but we're going to win in other areas. So what remains to be seen is, does Jeep find that pressure to go down and look at that IFS route? Do they create what Toyota did with the 100 series Land Cruisers where Australians on the same platform had solid axles, but the America had IFS and maybe Rubicon gets solid axles and Sahara's get IFS. I don't know. I think there's a lot of conversations that are always happening, but I can tell you that um, there is a hardcore contingent of engineers and people within the brand that, that w- want to make sure that never happens. In my opinion, the whole line is independent suspension. Leave the Wrangler alone.
4: Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think you're a true Jeeper unless you, Either poss- have the possibility of experiencing death wobble, or have experienced <laughs> death wobble. So you know the, the solid axles need to stay.
9: <laughs> I mean that that's that's a rite of passage right there. That's And, right. uh, <laughs> and you know it's funny because you, death wobble is always like this. Ooh, this mystery. How does it happen? But there's it's so really many not. various yeah. factors. Usually it's multiple things, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and if you if you have good tires, you don't have you know a bad tire with run out. You have good ball joints. All of your joints, the geometry set up right, you're not going to have that that problem. And you know, it's I, I know there's probably people that are yelling at me right now listening to this. going, no, I've had death wobble, and I've been through the whole front end. <laughs> Th- then something's <laughs> causing that because I Absolutely. on all the Jeeps that I've personally owned, I've never I've experienced it on Jeeps. I've never done it on anything that I've personally owned, but I've also built them in a way where I took great care to make sure that every component was either top notch, well built. Fresh bushings, bearings, ball joints, all that stuff, and and I've never had that happen on one of my personal jeeps.
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, I think it's rough country. They uh, they sell or, or used to sell uh, like uh, four or, or six stabilizers, steering stabilizers, you yeah, just to put right. on there to, to <laughs> clean that right up. So yeah, it's like
9: getting a, gun sh- <laughs> uh, a gunshot wound and then just putting a bunch of like uh, band aids over it.
4: Tampons, you know, just stick tampons yeah, exactly. in there. Exactly,
9: just stick them in there.
4: <laughs> so I apologize; it's just so damn fascinating talking to you. uh, we need to get over to the to the podcast. So uh, let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about what we what we were supposed to have you here for the the truck show. And and by the way, I just have to jump in here every time I hear every time we talk about something having to do with Jeep with Mike Manley's name in there. I have to jump in and go Mike Manley. So I decided oh, yeah, I had to throw that in. <laughs>
9: 100% <out. laughs> he's he's actually a, a, a really I mean intense and intense guy but he's a good guy. I it's funny um when he was running Jeep they would always they would always have um you know I guess you would call it like the media roundtables at the auto shows and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be hilarious because everybody would hit these hard-hitting questions, and I would go in and I'd be like, hey, Mike, you want to go grab a cigarette? Like, I don't have any questions. You know I can find you anytime. So well, he was always happy to see me because he knew he got a break. And so uh, <laughs> he, he and I became you know, friends over the years, and at least respect. You know, he respected me as a colleague, and always gave him a smoke break, so it was good.
4: Um. So let's talk about the uh, the Truck Show podcast. Uh, now, you guys are up to, like, episode 125. You've been doing this for a little while. Is your Are your episodes weekly, or how often do you come out with these?
9: Yeah. So we uh, have weekly episodes. They, uh, they launch on Mondays. It's uh, about a two-hour show. My friend uh, Jay, who uh, is better known as Lightning from K-Rock, uh, he was at K-Rock for you know, almost 30 years. He was on the Kevin and Bean Show, which is their morning show as a producer for 20 of those years, something like that. And so I was tasked with trying to figure out a way to, to improve, increase uh, revenue with the decline of print. But do it in a, a, a new on a new platform. And so I had been into podcasting and I brought it to the company and said, hey, I think this is a, a really interesting way to to make money. I think that it you know, it allows us to tell stories in a way that we can't do it in print. And I'm, I'm, I think this might be the way to go. And so um, after a little bit of fighting and putting a business case <laughs> together, they, they let me run with it. And uh, we've been, we started in March of 2018. We've got a, um, a robust following of people. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, Truck Show Podcast, or uh, at Truck Show Podcast on, on Instagram. And we've had some amazing guests. We've had ev- anybody, uh, everybody, you know, we do our, our shows a little bit different than most shows. Is Rather than like two dudes in the, their mom's basement around a card <laughs> table with really crappy audio. Um, we actually built out a studio. And we brought my automotive knowledge and jay's radio knowledge i knew that i couldn't do all the audio production myself he knew that he can do all the car stuff it's a perfect match we've known each other for a long time and and we basically came up with this really fun format where it sounds like a morning show and so the way we do the podcast is like like a morning show it's got bumpers and intros and goofy music and goofy uh you know uh jingles and and we just have fun with it and we do a lot of uh, participation with our listeners where it's like no your are no where people will send us their exhaust note we have to guess the vehicle things like that oh that's cool We had, yeah it's a lot of fun so we've had everything from uh, an entrepreneur with a new product all the way up to uh, the ceo of a car company uh we've had uh, people with new products we do events we do just interesting stories uh vehicle builds and yeah uh, obviously the question is do you do jeep jeep's also a big part of what we do we've had jim morrison on uh several times he's actually a, a listener of our of our podcast and um chief engineer we just i had the uh, gladiator mojave just did a story for 4 dot uh, um you know a few weeks ago and we had uh, uh pete uh we call him pete milo because nobody can say his last name but he's the chief engineer on on the program so he came on the podcast and we talked gladiator and um you know we just we we drilled down everything from vehicle reviews all the way to uh, you know, inbox where we read you know the letters or we have a five star hotline where we play your voicemail so it's a lot of fun
4: so uh on the 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 the, the truck podcast would you the truck show podcast would you say that it is 50 50 jeep or i mean i would assume that you guys actually talk about the ford f150s 250s the dodges the the oh, yeah. rams and stuff so how I'd much how probably, much jeep is in know, there a
9: third jeep you okay. know and with gladiator there's more opportunity to talk about jeeps um, i'm a jeep guy so of course jeep comes up a lot in my in my wheelhouse there when we're, when we're talking, but um, yeah, we do, we do everything. We do, uh, we do lifted, lowered, we do custom off road vehicles. We do um, you just, I mean, really anything if it's, if it's body on frame, if it's a truck, then uh, you know, it goes off road or you can throw airbags on it and, Scrape the bots dots off the highway, we can cover it. If it's cool, we uh, we have something to do with it. All right,
4: guys. Well, there you hear it. You you, get, you can get some more Jeep love over there at the Truck Show Podcast, at least uh, 33 and a third percent of the time. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm really glad to hear that, uh, Sean, uh, that you're such a big uh, Jeep enthusiast. And I had no idea with your background into uh, the Jeep uh, part of the company. And I I'll just want to throw this out real quick. Uh, Josh and I have all often uh, – uh, thought that if uh, uh, Jeep and Dodge Ram wasn't part of FCA, FCA wouldn't survive. I I would. Uh, he, he's often said he'd like to see Jeep and Ram go off on their own, but uh, we don't think a company would survive with them. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just so glad that both the uh, the truck aspect and the Jeep aspect is around, and they're and they're keeping that alive.
9: No, it's 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 great. Those two brands. You know, a lot of people were upset when Ram pulled out in 2000, and I think it was nine away from Dodge and became its own brand. But what they did was they set up themselves up for having their own R&D, their own marketing budgets and whatnot, so that they could concentrate on the trucks and not have to share those resources with the car side. And look where Ram is today. You know, um, there was a time where uh, Ford never spoke about Ram in media invites. You know, if the new Super Duty came out, it was only against Chevy on all of their charts and stuff. And that's changed where Ford is now talking about Ram in their presentations, which tells you Ram is really doing the right things if, if Ford cares about them and I think to everyone in the industry, the new Ram was such a surprise, especially in the interior. Um, it's personally, as a journalist, my favorite out of the half tons, and I've driven them all, believe me, all variations and everything. And uh, it's just, it may not win the spec war, but it is the best all around truck uh, out there. So yeah, I, I agree. Any company uh, out of the FCA, they they have to have Ram and Jeep to survive. That, that's their cash cows right there.
4: Yeah. So, it's a, it's a lot of fun uh, talking about Jeeps all the time, I'm sure, as you're w- well aware of, and I'm sure you talk about it more than, uh, more than most. So, you guys should go check out the Truck Show podcast, and uh, Sean, I, I just can't thank you so much for being with us and sharing all these uh, great stories and great information. We'll have to have you back, uh, and... Uh, Uh, and and I'll be, so you can ignore these emails as I send them to you repeatedly about, uh, getting contacts with these other folks so I can get them on the show and interview them. (laughs) I certainly understand, but I got to (laughs) ask.
9: Hey, yeah, hit hit me up anytime. I'm, I'm happy to come back on. I I love what you guys are doing on, on this podcast. I'll, uh, you know, obviously you guys are the OGs in the space. And, um, again, I'm a, I'm a huge Jeep enthusiast and, you know, looking forward to it. I mean, we didn't even talk about my flat fender or my my oh, uh, my no. 20 JL and picking up and what, what we're going to do with it. So we'd love to come back on if, uh, if anybody's interested again, uh, at Truck Show Podcast or at Sean P. Holman, if you want to check out the Instagram and, and see what we're doing. But we'd, we'd love for uh, some of the listeners over here to come check out our show. Let me, let me just uh, preface it by, the little zany, a little wacky. It's a bit of an acquired taste. When you hear our intro, you're going to go, "Why am I doing this?" But I guarantee you, <laughs> listen to three or four shows, you will be singing it in the shower. A hundred percent guaranteed.
4: That's a show. I mean, that's whenever you know, like, should I be here? That's when you know you're on the right show.
9: <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, we we question that every time we record one.
4: <laughs> so, so I got to ask. I forgot to ask this. Uh, your your Jeep, the new JL that you're going to be picking up. Uh, if you know, yeah. the, if you know the color, what color is it? Stingray. <laughs> i'm sorry sean that's the wrong answer the proper uh, answer would have been red
9: nope okay so my here's the deal here's the problem with red i i have oh, an for that there's gonna be some my people J- really
4: interested <laughs> in this
9: my jk was sting red was uh was excuse me was flame red the new ones are firecracker. I don't like firecracker oh. because they look very orangey yeah. and under cloudy skies, it doesn't pop the way flame red did. I yeah. was torn between flame, uh, between firecracker and stingray. I like sting because it was an interesting color and I'd already had a red Jeep. I'm like, do I want two red Jeeps in a row? The other thing was the, this is my own OCD speaking on the JL. The red on the dash obviously doesn't match the red. On the on the Jeep, and so that would have driven me crazy being in a red Jeep where <laughs> I had this anodized looking dash. At least in Sting Gray, the interior looked great. And guess what? I'm spending a lot more time on the interior than the outside, so I, I can't. I, you know, I didn't want my OCD to take over. So anyway, Sting Gray, it red was in the running. I j- and I told this to Mark Allen. I said, "Freaking bring back flame red." I yes. Firecracker is just a little too orangey for me. It looks great in bright, bright sunlight. But you get in a garage, fluorescent lights, or in a cloudy day, and it just looks muddy. So that's you know that's you got a point. It's argument. Not,
4: your <laughs> argument is it wasn't red enough, and I I got yes. I'll hundred percent support that.
9: <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's a good enough answer. But that's it, a great. Yeah, answer. It wasn't red enough. There you go. If it would have been a different red and actually didn't have an orange tinge to it, I would have been all over it.
4: I, I'm sorry. I'll switch that to this. Good answer, John. Good answer. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for being with us tonight uh, Great interview, great guest, thank you
9: yeah, I really appreciate it And uh, look forward to catching up with you guys again in the future And hopefully this isn't the last time we'll, uh, we'll do a pod together
0: Well thanks again to Sean P. Holman For taking the time to talk about the Truck Show Podcast What a fun interview I'm hoping we'll have these guys on again real soon Get both of them on this time now, You should check out the Truck Show Podcast for yourself It's a great show, these guys are doing a lot of cool stuff you can find a link to their show on our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and when you find them on your favorite social media platform, be sure to let them know that the Jeep Talk Show sent you. Hey, we want you to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. That's right. Every Jeeper has a story to tell, and we want to hear yours. No, really. Go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now. Let us know that you're ready to be a guest on the world-famous Jeep Talk Show. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie. Noobie!
6: Noob Nugget!
5: It's time for newbie Nuggets!
6: Well, with lots of resources out there for noobies, how do you decide on where or whom you get your information from? Since there are hundreds of options, including websites, YouTube with lots of information, both good and bad, Facebook groups, Instagram, podcasts, and of course, the person who thinks he knows it all because that's where he went or what he bought. So how do you choose? Now, you've already made a great t- decision by listening to the Jeep Talk Show, the most downloaded Jeep podcast. And another valuable resource I discovered are the Jeep Wrangler YJ and JK performance how-to books written by Don Alexander and Quinn Thomas. For those of you familiar with Don Alexander, he is a friend of the Jeep Talk Show and has been interviewed on a previous episodes. Don also has about 50 years' experience driving race cars, setting multiple land speed records at Bonneville, test driver, and racer. These days, Don teaches people who want to improve their off-road skills driving their Jeeps at his Jeep 4x4 school in Southern California. His expertise in writing books and magazine articles for articles like Motor Trend and Hot Rod, and testing several suspension and tire companies qualifies him as an expert in many areas, including Jeeps. When he was asked to write a book about the YJ and the JK, he was up for the task. Now both of these books are filled with everything you need to know to upgrade and modify your Jeep. Great books for newbies who may be looking to do some modifications or just want to know how things work. I like the pictures and details presented in the books. It helps my brain visualize the descriptions. This book helps me break down and simplify different modifications and upgrades. The books highlight in detail info on wheels and tires, suspensions and lifts, brakes, bumpers, and armor protection. It also includes info on drive lines, axles and lockers, engines, engine swaps, and transmissions. The sections on winches, vehicle recovery, gear, and trail tools are perfect for getting prepared to head out on, on the trail. The back of the book lists all the sources they use for the testing and info throughout the book. The books are relatively inexpensive, around $23 to $28 on Amazon. It's a resource guide that may give you additional information Or create a monster, because now you've learned about an upgrade for your Jeep that you just can't live without. Uh Uh-huh. Either way, you'll find great information in these books. Resources like these books are a great way to learn what modifications are possible and keep you informed. Dawn is also working on a new book for the JL and the JT Gladiator, and it should be out in about 16 months. So whether you plan to upgrade your Jeep from the ground up, or just want a guide to improve certain things, the Jeep Wrangler YJ and JK books are a must for anyone's library. Links for these books are in the show notes. So guys, do you have any other resources you love or want to recommend for the newbies? Actually,
0: yeah. Uh, In fact, another person we've had on the show uh, who has written for Essay Designs, uh, the same um, uh, uh, publication company that put out the the books that Don Alexander wrote, uh, is one by Eric Zappi. Uh, Eric Zappi's oh, cool. been on the show, and he wrote the Jeep Cherokee Performance Upgrades, the 1984 to 2001 uh, XJ Cherokee books. Now, he's got two, actually three of these books. Uh, he's got the first edition, which is the Jeep Cherokee Performance Upgrades. It has been updated uh, for some more current and, and relative information, so there is a second edition of that, which I highly recommend, and uh, and that's for, that's for, you know, for anybody who's into the XJs, uh, you got a Cherokee, you're new to Jeeping, uh, that sort of stuff, that is an Excellent book to sort of open your eyes to the world of, of XJs and, and the kinds of modifications that are out there and available to them. And sort of, you know, um, what you do and, and, and how you do it and what it means when you do this one thing to your Jeep. Um, and then the second edition, the, the next one to follow up to that, is the, the um, advanced performance modifications, uh, performance how-to book uh, for, the same, for the same vehicle, also by the same author. Two different books, uh, completely different information for both of them. One is for entry level. One is more is for more advanced uh, modifications and stuff. But I would say if, if you are new to jeeping altogether and you really don't know what you're doing, I mean, get a Chilton or a Haynes manual at the very least. It's going to have information like torque specs as far as what to torque what bolt down to. I mean, even things like lug nuts have a torque specification that you need to know. Uh, recommended fluids, capacities, service intervals, stuff like that, when you should be doing what to your Jeep and how, uh, that sort of stuff. This is information that you can only get from service manuals like this. And, of course, the world's largest glossary of Jeep and off-road related terminology, the Jeep Talk Show Glossary of Terms. It's only available on our website, and it is the world's largest collection of off-road and Jeep related terminology, including definitions and links and everything else like that. So if there's something that you've heard on the show, something that you've heard in a forum or uh, just around the campfire with other Jeepers and stuff, you're not quite sure what they were talking about, well, you can look up that term or that word or that phrase or whatever that you heard uh, on our website through our glossary of terms and educate yourself as to what it means and and all that sort of good stuff.
4: Josh, I have to disagree with you on the uh, Chilton being the the best source. I didn't say best. I didn't say best. Well, <laughs> uh, the, one of the sources. I, I, I remind you about another source. If you uh, take your Jeep to Jiffy Lube, they'll remind you of all the belt times <laughs> the go. belt should be changed, the <laughs> transmission oh, yes. serviced. Well, uh, they ever <laughs> your? Uh, <laughs> oh
2: my gosh!
4: Your henway needs to be rotated the whole the whole nine yards. <laughs> oh dear! Here <laughs> I, we go. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, that book because uh, I got to see an advanced copy of of that in uh, at SEMA uh, last year. Whenever I uh, was talking to cool. Don. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I meant to get a copy. Uh, and uh, now now that you've reminded me, especially with the links that you've provided that we'll have in the uh, the show notes uh, for the rest of you, I'm going to go over there and uh, grab me a copy of that. Uh, I guess this has something to do uh, with uh, with Don getting the uh, the JL recently?
6: Um, a little bit of it, yeah. He's actually modifying that and writing the, the next book based on that. So it's kind of an interesting process to watch. You know, they'll... They'll make an upgrade and do some research they'll you know like we went out and, and drove the jeep before any modifications were done so that we had that sort of baseline and then as those yeah. modifications are added there'll be things they can put into the book so it's quite an interesting process but i i like the resources that uh, josh just mentioned because there are so many out there and not any one is going to be the perfect one but it's certainly for somebody brand new you know it's lots of pictures it shows you detail it's done by somebody and both quinn and don having experience um you know having that knowledge is important too. making sure you know who you're getting that information from so i just i wanted to do a shout out for that and this has been a book that's helped me as well to learn since you know i'm sort of new to all this stuff so
4: and and i'll mention and i'll mention real quick that uh that testing of the the new jl uh was actually a video on uh uh Info four one one is uh, do I have that right? I can yep. I can click on the yep. thing. I just don't read much, uh, Wendy. So <laughs> correct me, correct me on it. Uh, no, but, definitely. Yeah. So uh, it was fun watching that, especially seeing those uh, those rear and front tires up in the air because the suspension was, wasn't uh, articulating. <laughs> you,
6: and and you know what would have been better is if we could have gotten the photo shot of the facial expressions from both Bill oh. and Don who drove. <laughs> oh no! Because when they got out, it was like. Holy cow, you know, because they're used to their own Jeeps that are set up and they articulate yeah, uh-huh. and all this, and you're watching it going, okay, is this going to go? Over? No, of course not. The Jeep did fabulous, by the way. We were actually quite surprised at how capable it is, just a regular stock Jeep.
4: That's, that's what we well, tell people, it's a Jeep. right off, yeah, yeah.
0: Right off it's the showroom Jeep. floor.
6: That's Even right, stock, because-
0: they are more capable than virtually every other vehicle on the planet.
6: Oh, it well. was amazing to see it. Because we all expected something different, obviously, because we wanted to get that reaction to be able to then show how the upgrades would change it and make it better. And we were all very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> but I definitely would have loved video of their facial expressions you know, that, on that That's section.
4: funny because Don's been through a lot of uh, lot of things that were uh, more um, uh, dangerous than uh, driving that oh, Jeep. And for him to come out there, yes. they're like, wow. <laughs>
6: Yeah. Well, and and, and and same with Bill. I mean, he's been through a lot as well and is quite a capable driver. So for both of them to have that, I was like, yeah, I'll still, I'll, I'll be the <laughs> photographer this time. Thank you very much.
2: That's great.
6: <laughs> All right. Well, reach out and let us know your newbie story or if you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets. And if you want more info, check out my YouTube channel on Jeep 4-1-1 with more tips, tricks, and techniques.
8: From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I got to agree with uh, Philip, last week's guest, when uh, he was talking about his YouTube channel, The Mundane Rockstar. He said there's a lot of crappy YouTube channels out there. And I agree with him. <laughs> that reminds me. Here we go. Well, I got you here. I'd like to uh, plug my YouTube channel. <laughs> there it is. is. slash g. There's no Y in it. Why? Because nobody asks questions. <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. Oh, I'm calling today <laughs> to tell you that. I really haven't been getting out of the house much. Uh, it's, it seems I've developed a fear of speed bumps. Wait for it. Oh. Yeah, don't worry. I'm slowly getting over it. There it is.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
8: All right, boys and girls. I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye, Josh. I've never I heard got a million of these jokes.
3: <laughs> Man. No.
4: Had, I've never heard that one. If I've, if I've never heard a pity laugh, I've, I've heard it now.
6: <laughs>
4: that was. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's one of uh, one of a million. And, One uh, of a kind. They uh, broke the kind. mold for a reason. <laughs> good stuff, Nicky G. Good stuff. Uh, uh, did he even mention his ten-minute podcast? He's doing a uh, a ten-minute podcast for the uh, what is it? The OCDs that have a short attention span or something. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna patent that before he gets it.
8: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you must have needed this every day. Ah!
5: It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep.
0: You know, suddenly having more storage inside the secured cargo area is uh, on the top of every Jeep Wrangler's owner list. This week, I'm highlighting a solution that not only solves this, but gives you some serious bragging rights, too, as this thing looks really freaking cool. The interior cargo rack system from Fabtech uses a double-deck design that is located in the cargo area behind the rear seat. This design adds a massive 4.5 square feet of additional storage capacity to the interior of your Jeep. A heavy-duty powder-coated steel construction that installs in just three pieces, supporting up to 150 pounds of gear with integrated tie-down points for safety. In other words, they've pretty much covered all the bases and ensured that this thing will add to the appearance of your Jeep, not take away from it. Full steel construction, installation requires no drilling, limited lifetime warranty, and the link that we have in the show notes for this episode will give you one, get you one for your 07 to 2018 JKU Wrangler, but they are available for other model Jeeps as well. Cost is normally over 350 bucks, but the link in our show notes will get you one of these for under 300 and will include free shipping too. What do you guys think of this thing? I think that thing looks really freaking cool.
6: Yeah, it's got a lot of practicality to it. I think it's awesome.
4: There's a yeah, lot of t- a lot of wasted space in a, the back of a Jeep. And when you don't have a lot of space to begin with, something like this is, is a huge game changer for carrying stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the trapezoidal design. I like the lips that kind of keep things in place and keep things yes. from sliding around to, from the front to the back and all of the integrated tie-down points along those lips Love that. and everything yep. th- so that you could really secure down the entire load. With either something like a, you know, a spider net type, you know, mesh tie down type thing, or even individual straps for individual things. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, you could line up, you know, probably seven or eight uh, full sized ammo boxes across this thing, if not more easily. Uh, easily. easily for, you know, I mean, for each one for different things. Plus, there's enough space uh, below it for a full ARB refrigerator uh, cooler type thing. That's right. So there's plenty of Z in this thing. There's lots of height um, underneath of it. And the cool thing is, is once you, once you close the window and the gate, this thing locks up and, uh, and is pretty much has a, makes it a trunk almost. So you have that secure area that you can lock up to those, those, uh, those valuable items underneath. So, I mean, th- this thing is just really cool. Like I said, they covered all the bases. It looks really cool too. Uh, and, and all of the other kinds of, uh, platforms that I've seen that are along this kind of design are so just very simplified and overpriced for what they are. Now, granted, this does come with a little bit of a high price point, but I think that you get what you pay for with this, uh, both in design and in function.
4: So i got to tell my story again. Uh, I know there's people that hadn't heard it, but uh, uh, I remember going and uh, picking up some, uh, some uh, wheels. Was well, not Canyon. What were the, what were the Cherokee uh, wheels, Josh, the ones that came with the, uh, the classics and the sport models that, that everybody liked?
0: Well, my steel sport, ones. My sport came with the Eco Fives, and and those were not the ones that everybody liked. The ones that everybody liked were the ones that came on the uh, on the TJs, which were the Canyons. Canyons. Um, okay, I and, did have it yeah. Right. Those those were the Canyons, and I had a set of those with some thirty threes, and God, those were my favorite wheels yeah, of all
4: time. Really cool uh, wheels. But anyway, I went over to uh, Craigslist, purchase went over to pick up five of those uh, Canyon wheels for the ninety nine uh, XJ that we just recently sold and uh while I was there uh the guy also had a uh a rack uh for the back of uh the cherokee uh I forget it was uh i think it was a warrior product uh but uh it, you literally have to drill holes in the floor of the the back area to mount this thing but it's nice it's it's a lot like this and uh they wanted seventy five bucks for it and it was like two hundred and something dollars uh like off a of Quadratec, uh, i remember oh, wow and uh, as I was walking up. I actually, after I had just just made the purchase, I know the guy was walking up with a Cherokee. He he was there just to get that rack. So I've, <laughs> so I, I I kid you not the the rack seventy five dollars that rack uh, that I have in the back of my Cherokee is wonderful. I have all that room underneath, uh, like uh, what you what you're showing here this picture, which we'll have in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does make a big difference because you have that whole area. The only thing I will add is uh, that I put up a. Uh, like a cargo net. So, I mean, you certainly should tie everything down that's in on the top of the rack. And you, I think you mentioned like a, a mesh net to go over top of this stuff. But you got to remember, when you're in a vehicle, even if you're not off road, accidents can't happen on road. Yeah. And you don't a- want all that stuff coming forward. So, uh, you can put up one of those mesh barriers. Uh, that. Uh, and I mean, I mean the heavy stuff. A he- heavy nylon. It's like a cargo net. Cargo yeah. net. Thank you. Uh, that actually is a, a border between uh, the stuff in the back and, and all the, the uh, soft people in front, back of your heads and that type of thing. So. No, I'm,
0: imagine taking an ammo box to the back of the head at 65 miles per hour no thanks exactly not even at 25 miles an hour no, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no. <laughs>
4: not even because you didn't uh, take the trash out uh sl- slap yeah. to the head that that <laughs> really. type of thing is not not it's not a good
0: thing. no actually a, a modification like this is is one of the things that i have put off doing to my cherokee for for many many years primarily because i was djing for so many years and oh, yeah. i needed that cargo space for, you know, equipment racks and, and and speakers and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, totes of of, of cabling and, and all that. And, I mean, there's been events to where even with a Cherokee with the seats, you know, folded down and everything, I was still filling up both my roof rack and my cargo area just with gear. And, and so, you know, like the mole racks on the side windows and stuff like that, or the cargo racks in the back storage area are all things that I've wanted to do for years but you know, I've been DJing for so long and stuff, and and have reserved all that cargo space for my gear. I've I've had to put off doing these kind of modifications. I bet there's other people out there for for similar reasons because they use their Jeep for for work or you know for this reason or that, and they can't make certain modifications because of what the Jeep is able to do for them in its current state. And uh, and so if if you're one of those people, I feel your pain, brother. Well, actually, I don't know about this rack, but the rack that
4: I have uh, has uh, four large—not uh, um, bolts, but uh, hand screws—that you basically—they're bolts, but but they have these big hand knobs on them. So you can literally mm-hmm. just take the four off and then take that rack right out. So I, I can oh. I, I can get the cargo. Oh. But the downside, the thing I like about this one is you don't have to drill any holes to mount this thing. Yeah. Mine, I yeah. had to do that. I, I had to drill those four holes and put inserts in. Uh, and the floor of the jeep uh, to actually be able to mount that thing in the back but but it's easy to remove uh i mean as long as you don't mind taking all the crap out of there or lifting it up in the rack as you take it out
0: all right now that you must have one of these new storage solutions from FabTech, we're going to make it easy for you just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 442 and get one for your very self and with a discount
4: Wow, look at this crowd around the campfire side chat tonight, Josh. Are you
0: guys uh, practicing six feet social distancing? I don't (laughs) think so.
4: Did you you notice the the nice uh, mask that I have on the front of my Jeep? I mean, I I know people complain about driving around with the mask on inside the Jeep, so I put mine on the
0: outside or on the grill. Outside.
6: Yeah. Works perfect.
0: (laughs) Well, I've noticed that, uh, you know... There are all kinds of Jeeps in this world. There there are those who are clearly, um, you know, one step away from being in the junkyard. There are those who look (laughs) like they've been pieced together from the junkyard. And then there are those who look like they're ready to roll into SEMA. And uh, most of us kind of fall somewhere in between. But the question I've posted this week is what sort of weird, crazy, or outlandish idea have you come up with or actually done to you know pad the jeep fund as it were to get a little more money to, to spend on that next lift kit or that one piece of armor or the bumper or maybe the next set of tires that you're looking at or something like that you know was it as simple as picking up an extra shift or was it more like you dipped into the kid's college fund you know one of those <laughs> type of things that that's what i'm looking for here where what sort of thing have you done or come up with to to get that one thing that you needed for the jeep it could have been 20 years ago it could have been yesterday uh and of course if you want to remain anonymous we can well we'll probably not be able to do that uh but uh, we'll go ahead and just go right down the list we'll get to the co-host as well uh let's start with chris tonight in our zoom chat uh and chris what sort of things why weird wild wacky or outlandish have you done to get more money to spend on your jeep
1: i i started a blog and uh it's outlandish and that uh, i've been doing it for two years and uh Playing with Google AdSense, just trying to monetize it as everybody wants to, and uh, made one hundred and seven dollars in two years on Google AdSense, and uh, still <laughs> right. behind. Considering I pay GoDaddy twenty one dollars a month to host it, so oh wow, no, well, it's got some got some catch up to do. But nonetheless, having fun with it, learning and and getting to know people. But uh, yeah, that was uh, outlandish and thinking it would uh, give me extra jeep funds so far it hasn't but one of these days it will hey you don't know
0: if you don't try right exactly. that's right exactly hey i'm with you chris on the GoDaddy kind of sticking it to you with one leg on the counter giving it to you dry from behind uh i'm, I'm in the Absolutely. same boat i've got a couple of websites <laughs> that's, that, that's wildly I'm specific josh <laughs> and i'm, I'm panning uh, through the nose i cannot uh, image out of my brain <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's that's GoDaddy's uh, modus operandi. That's that's how they that's how they do business. But, uh, but pretty sure uh, we're not no.
6: going to get them on the show now. Great.
0: Thanks, <laughs> no, you know. no Tell us how you really I feel about it, Josh. Anytime. <laughs> we'll <in> hold <the> <laughs> Maybe. Oh jeez. Jeez. Oh, no, but I mean seriously. I mean, I've I've done some uh, some weird things over the years to, to you know kind of come up with extra cash. I mean, before uh, before it was a for a Jeep fund. I was just a teenager and uh, some douchebag buddies of mine and, and I we convinced a gas station to let us do a car wash in the parking lot. Uh, you know, ostensibly for a good cause, uh, and we ended up keeping every last cent. Uh, ended up buying <laughs> ourselves some skateboards. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, it's, it's for the fund of Josh and his douchebag friends. Uh, it no, it was it was something I'm certainly not very proud of, but. Uh but it's one of those things that we managed to get away with uh to kind of, it was one of those wild <laughs> weird things that you know you only are able to pull off when you're a teenager that uh, got yourself some extra cash moving on to Greg Greg uh, I hey, hang on a, a second I just want to mention wait, something wait. Yeah. I okay. was going to mention yeah. something I I, I no, now remember I'm trying, to, I'm trying to blow past my illegalities yeah. here yeah, you know? I now
4: remember why we have an explicit rating just in case <laughs> just
0: in case
4: <laughs> there
7: is that yes <laughs>
0: All right, Greg, it's I know you got a good little
7: I'm not going to be able to get
3: rid of it. <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> That's an
3: image.
0: <laughs> so, Greg, what do you have for yeah, us?
3: Okay, yeah, so uh, aside from uh, working on Jeeps, I have recently started doing some woodworking, and I build uh, uh, cornhole boards, if you guys are familiar with cornhole.
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: And so I build those, and uh, I'm starting to put some uh advertising out there a little bit here and there just word of mouth mainly and uh getting some revenue from that i don't know if any if you tony if you send me a jeep talk show sticker i'll make one for you and only and i'll, I'll give you a good deal oh okay.
4: wow
8: uh, that's a deal
4: you're not, you're not the the guy that uh reached out to us uh probably over a year ago about uh, uh coming on the show and talking about those are you no. Okay, because no. I think uh, oh. I think he canceled that interview when I made the joke on yeah. uh, on one of the shows about uh, cornhole means something completely different to us here in Texas. Oh,
1: no, that's that's a-
4: <laughs> and there's usually not a board involved.
1: Josh, like <laughs> Josh just Gosh. mentioned, it's GoDaddy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right You know You know You oh, need to make A GoDaddy Cornhole bo- board oh, now
5: Oh
4: God <laughs> Oh boy As talked about
0: On the Jeep Talk Show As, Right uh, Sponsored by Yeah Now, Jeep Greg, Greg I, was, I was asking you What part of the United States You're from Because out here In the Northwest Cornholing is uh, Is not very big But I know down in the south it's It's absolutely huge And it's sort of A regional type of thing So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, where you're at, where your customers are coming from, and, uh, and if this cornhole thing, uh, g- cornhole board uh, game sort of thing is uh, is taking off for you. Have you seen any sort of improvements uh, over the years coming from certain areas?
3: Well, I was first introduced to cornhole. <laughs> 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 Wait, this is a
8: family show. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying not to, I'm trying not to set Tony up. I'm to set yeah, up. exactly. There's it's no chance. There's, there's not there's a chance. Go. Yeah. No,
9: just go for it. No chance.
7: It's yeah, too so late. Anyway, to call it a family playing. show
3: now. I started. Uh, it was probably about 10-15 years ago with a bunch of buddies in Indiana. kind of a Midwest thing, and uh, I moved out to Tulsa about nine years ago now, eight nine years ago, and uh, I hadn't played it since we moved. And I missed it, and so I decided I'd make one. And uh, lo and behold, there is some following out here. There's not a lot, so I think I could do real well, especially with the personalization that I do. If I, yeah. uh, I haven't gone a real big on advertising yet because I'm wanting to sell to my uh, kids' private school. And in order for me to do that, um, I need to have a license to sell their lo- logo. And so I'm in negotiations oh. now with their principal and their legal department to allow me to do that. But as soon as I do, I mean, it's a school of only of only uh, maybe 500 families or so. But oh, wow. I think I can probably sell 500 sets in, in a very short time. Because oh, sure. So uh, let me yeah, ask so you
4: right, real quick for the people that aren't familiar with uh, the game corn holding. holding it it's basically horseshoes without horseshoes and the the pegs. You basically are like throwing beanbags into these holes, but the, the idea is kind of the same, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Uh, yes, it's very very similar to corn or to uh horseshoes if uh if you've never played cornhole before. Basically you have a two foot by four foot board and each board is spaced twenty seven feet apart uh from end to end, and then there is a six inch diameter hole that is at the top of the board and these boards are slant, uh, tilted at like a 12 or 15 degree or somewhere in there i don't know exact specs. i just uh, uh, i have a template that i just used to cut it so i don't have to think about it anymore but anyway they're tilted and you have to stand the 27 feet away from it within a certain box and you alternate throws just like you do horseshoes and you try to land those uh, bean bags onto the board uh, if you land it on the board, you get one point. If you land it in the hole, you get three points, and it's cancellation scoring. So only one person can score it each time, and you play to 21.
10: Oh, okay. And, uh,
3: actually, actually, if you Google Cornhole, you'll find stuff. Uh, you'll find the uh, American Cornhole Association, and they actually have uh, yearly or annual championship matches that are aired on ESPN.
0: Wow, <laughs> my On the Ocho. <laughs> soon
4: soon wow. to be an Olympic event. Oh, that's really interesting. One oh. of these days.
3: Yeah, so, so it is, uh, as far as the popularity, Josh, uh, it's, if it hasn't already been there, it's coming to a, a theater near you. very Cornholing soon, very soon. coming <laughs> to a theater near
0: you. Yeah. Fantastic.
4: Yeah, and well, well <laughs> Greg, uh, well, <laughs> it's not just in the bathroom anymore.
0: <laughs> Greg, one of these so days uh, we'll look forward to to you. maybe helping uh, yeah. helping uh, spread the word about uh, about your business or uh, about your product a little bit, and we'll try and get a link out to the masses here uh, sometime in the near future. Well, let's get over to uh, let's get over to Bill. Bill, I'm sure that you've uh, you've got a couple of stories uh, under the belt of uh, things that you've done to uh, generate some funds for the Jeep. What do you got for us? Nothing legal. <laughs> Well, of course, <laughs> not. Excellent. I mean, uh, pretty much half of what the, these stories are probably going to be in the uh, in the questionable department uh, morally let alone legally. So, so okay. I think you're in good company. Okay, I've got your voice disguised, Bill.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Go ahead.
7: <laughs> no, uh, we'll work for Jeep parts. is pretty much uh how I go about doing it.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
7: I'm actually helping somebody else build some Jeeps and or, you know, upgrade their Jeep and trading parts and banging my fingers and pretending like I'm still turning wrenches like I used to do in a former life. So, at, at my age, by the time I'm finished with the day, I'm like, what the hell have I done? So, yeah. it's just, I get tired a lot easier these days.
4: Well, your Jeep is done, right? You don't have to make any more modifications to it. You're, you've completed uh, your huh? Jeep. I
7: already <laughs> about a <laughs> long arm kit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: I was I was threatened. <laughs> those aren't, I was those threatened aren't not cheap. to mention that again. So.
7: <laughs> <laughs> deep's, under deeps contract, from what I understand. <laughs> They're never done. There's yeah. always something you you want, and just when you think you've got enough money for the want, you break something else that now you need.
6: That's right. not when Maybe. you said when we first got the Jeep.
7: <laughs> <laughs> they never forget Bill.
6: Well. They never
4: forget.
7: <laughs> No,
6: this is all we're going to need,
7: sweetheart. Yeah, this is it. Uh huh. Yeah. We won't need there, to do anything else. Wendy, there's mm-hmm. an implied
4: for the moment that you Bert, you have to understand. Yes. That's always implied. Well, this will do it for the moment.
6: Yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, like there's, Josh there's, says, you know, while you're there.
4: Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, while you're in there. While you're in there. Well. While you're in there. You might as well. I mean, it's going to be a part anyway. I might as well put thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff back there because you know I got to bolt it in there anyway.
6: <laughs> that is completely how it goes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've I've
0: long since said, and and I know this is a meme that has probably floated around social media for years, but you know, jeeps don't break; they just give you opportunities for improvements. Right, upgrades. That's right. That's Absolutely. So, uh, Allie, Allie, what sort of uh, what sort of mishaps have you gotten into trying to generate uh, funds for your jeep?
10: Oh, buddy, I have, <laughs> I mean, I'm in retail, so, I mean, if I can upsell you from a $5.99 washer to a $7.99, I mean, that's that's my G fund, I mean, come yeah. on, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to try and, uh, I have a little uh, spiff card on the side where companies pay me, uh, you know, to sell the products, and I'm doing Everything I can to upgrade my, my customers to more expensive stuff. I mean that's that's my cheap dollars. That's that's where I get my money from. I mean, I'm looking to buy a soft top. I was talking to Tony about it and I said, you know, higher I can talk my customer into the product, hey, that just means more cheap funds for me. So if you come in my store, you know you're gonna get upgraded, you're gonna get upsold. <laughs>
8: that's Never how it works me. In we, we
4: won't mention the store
0: <laughs> no we won't <laughs> <laughs> no Allie, i am with you. I worked, well. I, worked for, Hi, Daddy. I worked for over 10 years in retail myself and i was the king of upsell uh now granted i was more of a technician and i just played the sales guy but i was the one that the, that the sales guys always came into the shop and grabbed because i was able to speak to the customer on their level and upsell at the same time and the salesman would just sit back with his arms folded grinning ear to ear because he knew he was getting a huge payday at the end of the week <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh
10: well, no, I, had, I had a guy come in that today that, for example and he, I, sold him a, I sold his wife yesterday a, a, a chili moose similar to a Yeti cooler and uh, I pulled off the upsell of the century yesterday and he came in today and he said listen if you want to upsell one more time he said you know you talk me into an even bigger cooler, and uh, you, oh, wow. you pulled off the upset of the century. I mean, wow. it's just the way it goes. You know, I People are there for the taking, and they want to buy the better quality stuff. I mean, hey, I've been in this business since I was knee-high to a donkey, since Christ was a cowboy. I'll sell you whatever you need. It's not a problem for me.
0: That's yep, right. Yeah, yep. I got family members that say I could sell ice to an Eskimo if I really tried hard enough. So, yeah, it's like I can kind of relate. So let's move on. Let's uh, Chip. What, what kind of stories do you have for us, Chip? I know that uh, we had some Chip issues hey? with your with your audio uh, yeah. earlier, but hopefully we got that all uh out. yeah, there we go. So, Chip, like, um, you know, were were you like Tony and participated in an experimental drug program for a big pharmaceutical company or or maybe you just held a cardboard sign and an off-ramp on, on the weekends. You know, how did you generate funds for the for the Jeep build?
5: Well, I've thought about doing a GoFundMe page, but I don't think anybody's going to feel sorry for me enough to send me money for Jeep parts. Show them all the <laughs> Jeeps
4: that you have. Then they'll uh, you know,
5: yeah, right. like, <laughs> can you save the change for my Jeep today? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it could work. But so, well, kind of like Ollie, I'm in sales um, and, but I'm a little bit more upfront with my customers about it, because most of my customers are friends of mine, too. And so I just show them pictures of my Jeep and talk about what I want to do and tell them <laughs> i got to buy more. <laughs> so what can I put you
4: down for? Can I put yeah, you down right. for yeah. a bumper? Or a, uh... 32 units or just 16? <laughs> yeah, you know.
5: Yeah. It, it, it works. It works. Probably the most creative thing I did, I was, I was negotiating on a CJ 7 that I was picking up. and. The guy was asking a little more than I wanted to pay, and we were trying to negotiate, and I didn't have all the cash in my pocket. And I had an extra deer rifle laying around the house, and so I brought that up.
1: And you shot him.
5: You stole it. <laughs> That's the illegal part. I can't go there. But no, so I said, I got this deer rifle. I could give you part of that as part of the payment on this Jeep. And he's like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting a deer rifle. My wife wants me to sell my Jeep. She won't let me buy a deer rifle. Yes, I'll take the deer rifle and trade. So oh my. that was wow. a good thing. Cool
0: bartering. You never know. You never know until you try. That, that's how the world goes around, man. I, you know, we all get by with a little help from our friends. And I think the bartering is, is, the, is, is the grease which lubes the wheels, which the, you know, makes the world go round. And, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I've, I've bartered and traded. And, and I've found so much stuff for my Jeep on Craigslist. And, and, and uh, for the house and other things. And I've traded so much and, and it's like, well, I, you, you want you know 150 bucks for this. How about I give you a hundred and I, I trade you this? And they're like, oh yeah, I've always wanted one of those. And yeah, sure enough, we've all got those stories and that's great. I love hearing, especially when there's a deer rifle in, it, uh, in the play as well. That's, that's just great. That's man. so cool. That, well, the, that is really the cool. The other
5: thing I did recently was I had an old 1950 Dodge pickup truck that was oh wow, a long-term project that I decided Yeah. I really want more Jeep stuff more than I wanted to work on this Dodge pickup. So I unloaded it and helped pay for my lift kit.
0: That's nice. how it's done right there. Uh, in fact, I mean, one of the things that I, I retired from DJing back in 2016, I, I was uh, DJing for the better part of 15 years for 10 of that. It was almost my sole source of income. And, uh, and I've I worked with radio stations, corporate gigs, car shows, I mean, you name it, and, and even the wedding stuff. Ugh, don't get me started. Uh, but, you know, selling off all of that DJ gear that I was no longer needing for live performance, uh, some of it got switched into doing voiceover and, and outfitting my studio and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of it also went back into the Jeep as well. And it's one of those things to where, you know, you, you do something for a certain period of time, uh, maybe switch professions, you switch hobbies... You got these other things laying around, and and they're perfectly able to be sold. Somebody else, you know, one man's junk is another man's treasure, as as the saying goes. And uh, and you sell something that you don't use anymore, and suddenly, wow, now I've got that, got those funds for for the for the uh, for the lift kit. So um, let's see. Uh, I think we're on to uh, to Chris A. Chris A. What do you have for us as far as a as a story to how you you know created uh, created some Jeep funds? Uh, just what was your stripper name, anyways? I don't think Chris found that very funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I was not stripping at the time.
8: I was an exotic dancer. Thank you very much. The stripping was not for, for Jeep parts,
4: it was for medical bills. <laughs> just because I liked doing I was, it. I was <laughs> young and needed the work.
0: <laughs> uh, is, is Chris A still with us? Yeah, he's there. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Chris.
3: Yeah,
9: well, I don't know. I didn't have a vanilla job. You know, I just kind of work and you know, I kind of calculate the amount of hours I got to work in order to you know, make enough money to buy Jeep parts or just buy the Jeep in general. But, uh, I don't know, I guess I was really focused on saving at one point. And, you know, I had a girlfriend that didn't agree with how much money I was, you know, spending on the Jeep and not her. So, uh, you know, bottom line and all that, she had to go. (laughs)
3: uh, (laughs) I got the Jeep now. What year was she? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
7: Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good trade, I'd say. (laughs)
0: Uh, the man traded up man (laughs) traded up love that no
2: oh
0: no, I mean it's it's true. I mean we uh, we've all been there, guys. You know, we've uh, over the years, uh, you know, found a girl, and and maybe she was a little bit of a gold digger, uh, more interested in going out for dinner than uh, what you could cook for her. You know, what could you buy for me instead of uh, what can you do for me, uh, that sort of thing. And and uh, and we all don't stick with those for very long at all. Uh, and and they're 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 on that on either side of the fence. I'm sure there's guys out there that are a little bit more of a gold digger as well, and into the wrong sort of things. And uh, you know, it, it's. It all comes down to the kind of cloth that you're cut from. And, and Chris, I'm glad you made the right move. So, Wendy, what do you got for us? I I I know that you guys have spent a lot of money over the years outfitting your Jeep, and I'm sure that uh, some of those funds over the years haven't exactly come by honest means, uh, or maybe they have. I don't know. Yeah, what kind of story do you have for us
6: tonight? Well, you know, he's on the call, so i got to be careful what I say, right? So. Anyway, um, basically, this is kind of funny. Bill kind of handles that part of it. But if I bake him a dessert, then I keep him happy, the Jeep's happy. So, I'm going to go with that's what I do because I'm not going to share the other stuff. So, there you go. Well, <laughs> that
4: it, you know, like it's, great that you, it's great that you enjoy the Jeep as well, Wendy, because uh, you could have uh, wound up like that other guy's girl.
6: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm a very smart girl. I stuck through it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, Tony, what about you? What, what have you done over the years that, uh, that you needed to, you know, get this or that for the Jeep? And, and maybe it just didn't come straight out of the, out of the uh, bank account. Uh, maybe you had to save up for it a little, a little ways. And, and you, know, you had to do a couple things out of the box in order to, to round out those funds. Uh, w- what sort of story do you have for us this week? Well, you probably
4: recall years ago on XJTalk.com, I was uh, uh, lamenting about getting a, uh, a, a bumper with the tire carrier uh, for my XJ. And, uh, what I found a, uh, a bumper that I really liked because a lot of the XJ bumpers didn't wrap around to the side. So you had this very unfinished look or you had to do more work instead of just putting the bumper on there. And I found a a bumper manufacturer and, uh, it was actually a guy that did custom work. Uh, also had off the shelf type things. And, uh, it was a nice wrap uh, bumper with tire carrier, but it was, was pretty pricey even back then. Cause this would have been around 2005, 2006 so uh, I, uh, I had uh, worked 16 years at one career and uh, had to take a huge cut and pay uh, for uh, another job and I just really didn't have the funds but I really wanted to get that bumper that uh, that tire carrier on there so used, there. I used three credit cards and, oh, had, wow. and had them split the split the, the the $700 I think is what it was at the time all over three credit cards and years later The the owner of the company would still uh, laugh and tell me, Yeah, you're the only person that's ever used three credit cards. I said, Do you want me to keep buying stuff from you? Shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) You do what you got to do.
0: Hey, where's that unique customer award? That's right. that's good stuff right there yeah we've all been there we've all had uh you know jeep funds that uh needed to be uh needed need to be uh influenced in some way or another the jeep fund has never got enough money and yeah. that, that that jar never has enough money and it, it seems like and and like i think we said earlier you know it's 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 rare that a jeep build is ever done it's always needs something or you want something for it and then something you need that pops up instead and Boy, isn't that, uh, isn't that the case more often than not? Well, I can't thank all of our co-hosts and all of our Zoom people as well for joining in on this week's topic. We do this each and every week. We pop around the campfires and uh, you know chat a little bit about uh, one topic or another. So be sure that you guys are joining in on the fun on uh, Facebook. We, we do this each and every week, uh, and we release the information on how to join in with that Zoom meeting uh, during the live recording of the show. So if you want to join in, make sure that you have joined up with us on Facebook. Hey, don't forget to go to the JeepTalkShow.com website to see the latest events from around the nation and in your hometown as well. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to tell your mom that you love her. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. When the end of the trail comes for me and I turn to say goodbye, your heart will put a tear just for me, corner of your eye. Whenever that day comes to pass, try not to grieve. It's just my turn to hit the trail one last time before I leave. My journey takes me past this life and into the great beyond, but I await for you on the other side like reflection in the pond. You will see me again someday when our trails cross once more, and I will be there in the light, welcoming you through the door.
2: I'm guessing since 2010.